Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to the Built for Playmakers podcast. I'm your host, Kelvin Hunt, editor of ChopChat.com. This is your first time tuning in. We appreciate you checking us out. If you've been rocking with us from the beginning, um, welcome back. It's officially Miami Hate Week. Got to beat those Canes this week, man. It's a big game. Um, really looking forward to it. FSU um, coming in at a slight betting underdog um, against the Canes, and that probably surprises a lot of people. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But um, while we're on the content of, of betting, um, make sure you check out our sponsor, um, betonline.com. Um, head over to um, the new desktop and mo- mobile website to uh, sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Uh, just use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-50, to receive your bonus. Hey, man, and you might bet on the nose this week. You might win a little bit of change. Um, last I looked, FSU was plus 125 on the money line, meaning if you bet $100 on the nose, you would win 125 um, right now. Um, but before we um, talk about the the Miami game, I um, want to briefly go into uh, the NC State game. I thought I thought the reaction to to the loss from a lot of fans was was kind of over the top. I mean, like I wrote about, if you thought if you said, "Hey, Jordan Travis isn't going to play," um, you know, Mackenzie Milton's going to be the starter. Most people, most people that follow closely are expecting a loss. Um, not to mention when after you watched the first, you know, quarter, like it was amazing to me that it wasn't like already 21, nothing. The fact that it was 14 to nothing at the halftime. And then it was a one score game in the fourth quarter. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what else fans want. And it got, you know, I got to thinking about it and I actually um, wrote about this on, on the site um, for Tuesday morning. You know, Kenny Dillingham was uh, talking in his um, press conference on on Monday, and he, you know, the, he, he, this this podcast is called you know Built for Playmakers. The offense is built for playmakers, you know, and it's all about winning your one on one matchups. And you know, we've talked about it. You know, I wrote weeks ago that um, FSU was going to have to recruit their way out of you know out of this abyss. You know, that was the name of the the article. You know, recruiting their way out of this abyss. And that was before they had actually won a game. But whenever I thought about it, I was like, man, when you break it down this way, you say you have 11 guys on offense, 11 guys on defense. And for a play to be successful, you have to win the majority of your one-on-one matchups on the field, right? So if you start at the offensive line and you say, how many of those guys are winning their one-on-one matchups on the offensive line? You know, and I, I know you got double teams and all that, but, you know, bear with me. Um, and then you move out to the wide receivers. How many of those wide receivers are winning their matchups against the defender? All right. And then you look at it on the flip side on the defense. You say, 
how many of those guys are winning their one-on-ones, you know, and then when you really think about it, you ask yourself, are, are FSU's guys winning their one-on-one battles the majority of the time? And if you really have to think about it that long, that tells you all you need to know. You know, and, I, and when I think about it, I'm like, man, you know, because FSU, you know, they have talent. And, you know, like I said before, I like the starting 11 when everybody's healthy, you know, and all that good stuff. But they don't have a lot of depth, you know. So whenever Jermaine Johnson comes off the field, there's a drop off. Whenever Keir Thompson Thomas comes off the field, there's a drop off. You know, if you don't have, um, you know, Jordan Travis on the field, there's a drop off. If you don't have Jason Corbin on the field, there's a drop off. You know, so, you know, it's just a matter, you know, and so the fact that FSU is kind of really, when you think about it, really getting the most out of the talent and the lack of depth that they have. I mean, they're in almost every game. I mean, Clemson's got five stars across the board, and, I mean, they're leading on the road late in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, it's a one-score game against NC State. Um, you know, so I just think it's a matter of getting difference makers. You know, how many playmakers do you have on each side of the ball? It's very few. It's probably less than five total when you really think about it. Now, some guys may develop and, you know, develop as they, you know, mature and, get some more experience into playmakers, but I'm talking right now, you know, it's probably, probably less than five, you know, but the fact that the coaching staff is, um, you know, maximizing what they have on the roster, I think is a good sign. Um, the mentality of the team is, is way better. You know, there's no quit in these guys. And I, I tweeted this out, um, on Monday night, you know, back in the, you know, in the last couple of years, whenever the offense turned the ball over or there was like a sudden change, you know, it was an automatic touchdown for the opposing offense when they got the ball. And if you remove the Notre Dame game, of course, they had three turnovers um, and allowed three touchdowns in that game. If you remove that game, though, beginning with the Jacksonville State game, FSU has turned the ball over 11 times um, it's 14, but it's 11 if you remove any interception like a Hail Mary at the end of a half or like the interception at the end of the Louisville game. You know, basically the defense, you know, they didn't even have to go out there and try to defend. So if you remove those scenarios, FSU has turned the ball over 11 times. They've allowed one touchdown and four field goals on those 11 turnovers. That's that's huge. That's that's incredible improvement in terms of, you know, sudden change defense and the mentality of a team and, you know, fighting for one another. Um, I mean, like I said, I was surprised in, in, in the NC State game that it wasn't 21-24 nothing in the first half. I mean, the, the offense had 79 yards at halftime. You know, the fact that the defense kept fighting is, man, I, I, was, I was impressed, <clears throat> you know, so – um, just, just, just need more talent. You know, talent is on the way, I believe. And hopefully those guys can, uh, can close, close strong on, on early signing day and identify the talent needed at specific positions. Um, 
to make a difference next year in, in 2022 because they're, they're going to need all the help that they can get. But going into this Miami game, this is an interesting game. Like I said, FSU comes into the game as a slight um, underdog, as they were against NC State. Um, you know, and, so, and that is surprising a lot of people. Um, but it kind of works both ways. I, I remember when um, NC State went down to Miami, and at the time, everybody just knew NC State was going to roll Miami. Miami was just struggling. You know, they they were um, – two and four at the time, I think it was. And when the line came out, FSU, I mean, uh, Miami was a slight betting underdog. And I was like, bro, I would not touch that line with a, with, your, with your money. And I can't remember who it was on uh, on Twitter, but we were going back and forth. And I was like, yeah, I, I wouldn't trust anything too good to be true. Mm, I wouldn't trust it. And, um, you know, that seems to be the case here with the Miami and FSU game. Of course, it's a home game for FSU, so they're going to get, um, you know, benefit of the doubt. So if, it, if this were, um, you know, a home game for Miami, you know, they would be, um, <clears throat> let's see, right at uh, right at an under, uh, touchdown favorite, something like that. Um, but FSU actually matches up better w- with Miami than most people think. Um, I know people – See the man that kid throwing the ball all over the all over the field. You know they have Rambo out there. Now he now he is a playmaker. And they got Knighton at running back. Obviously we we know uh, the former FSU commit what he brings to the table. But I know people saw uh, Miami throwing the ball all over the field against Georgia Tech last week. Um. You know, they saw them um, aired out against North Carolina in a in a losing effort. Um, who else have they played? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is probably the closest defense to FSU um, that they've played. And, you know, uh, Pittsburgh had multiple turnovers in that game and, and still had a chance to win that game in the end. Um, <clears throat> you know, so this game is going to come down to um, FSU's D-line against Miami's offensive line. And that's the case for most games. Um, but I think FSU has a, a pretty significant edge there. Um, Miami allows quite a number of sacks, and they've allowed quite a number of sacks in the last few games. Um, I think they allowed four to Pittsburgh and three against Georgia Tech. And Georgia Tech is not known for their defensive line play. Um, and they're actually terrible against the pass. Um, quarterbacks have a, a 162 rating against uh, Georgia Tech. They've allowed 20 touchdowns through the air and three interceptions. Um, you know, so that's something that's something to take into consideration when you look at how Miami played last week against Georgia Tech. And watching that game, uh, Van Dyke threw two balls that should have been intercepted. I mean, they basically hit Georgia Tech defenders in the hands, and they just didn't come up with the ball. And I know we we have seen that with some FSU players too. So you know, you got to take that you know for what it's worth. But you know, if FSU and there were times that Georgia Tech got pressure on Van Dyke and forced him to get rid of the ball quickly, and he was inaccurate with the throw. So that is you know that is going to be 
the the name of the game for FSU's defense. If they can get pressure on Van Dyke um, and obviously eliminate the long explosive plays, which Miami has hit, you know, fairly consistently, but a lot a lot of times it seems like they just throw it up and just say, hey, you know, Rambo, go make a play. And, you know, I don't know. I'm just – they're probably going to hit a couple of those, you know, but, you know, can they stop them, you know, right there and not allow them to just run in for a score like they did against, against NC State? Um, and they have been doing a better job of that um, prior to the NC State game. So, you know, they can do that. Um, force, you know, Miami to kick a couple of field goals. You know, their field goal kicker has been shaky. He missed one against Georgia Tech um, last week. Um I like I like FSU's chances, um, you know, but I think the biggest question mark is will will FSU be able to put up points against Miami? Now, Miami has given up over thirty points per game, like against everybody they played. Now, granted, Georgia Tech had multiple turnovers, um, which helped them, uh, or they forced multiple turnovers, I should say, to uh, help them get to thirty points, but. Miami hasn't exactly been, you know, an elite defense. They allow over four yards per carry. Um, they are a a really aggressive defense, but they will allow the explosive play. Um, and even Georgia Tech, who's not a good team at all on defense or or offense, they hit multiple um, explosive plays against Miami's defense. So. You know they'll get they'll get some tackles for a loss or you know and things like that, but they will allow the big play, and that's what FSU's offense lives or dies on. You know the the explosive play. You know so if they can hit a few of those, avoid the you know getting behind the chains consistently, and if they can avoid turnovers. Um, normally, whenever you avoid turnovers against Miami's defense, you win. They thrive off of turnovers, um, and that's always been the case. And I actually wrote about it um, last year, I think it was. The games that Miami um, loses the turnover battle or does not obtain a turnover, they lose the majority of the time. So that's going to be really big for FSU um, against Miami. Uh, I know uh, Mike Nobel has said that you know he hopes to have Jordan Travis back, and I can't see – I can't see any – well, I shouldn't say that. Uh, I would be shocked if Jordan Travis didn't play this weekend. Um, you know, I know he said he was um, still struggling with the flu or whatever it was on Sunday, but um, I think – I think I w- again, I would be shocked if he didn't play on um, on Saturday against Miami. So um, as, long, as long as Jordan Travis is back there and he's not, you know, limited – you know, this time away um, should allow him to um, heal any like nagging injuries or bruises and you know, bumps and bruises that he may have had um, from the um, Clemson game. So, you know, as long as he's not weak, you know, from the flu and all that good stuff, you know, we should have um, a fairly healthy Jordan Travis out there against Miami running around trying to make plays. Um, and And that is why that um that betting line is is um so close and, and it's a rivalry game i mean we we've seen uh lesser miami teams play um 
superior FSU teams really close. Um, so, you know, why shouldn't we, why shouldn't we expect the same um, when Miami has more talented players than, than FSU? Um, but it's, it's, it's a huge game. Uh, FSU is going to have a lot of uh, recruits on official visits as well as unofficial visits. And if they could somehow um, pull off this win, um, it would be, it would be, man, it would be massive, like massive for recruiting, massive for momentum. Um, I've, I've maintained, even though Boston College got their quarterback back, I'm, I'm not, I'm not changing anything on that. I, I picked FSU to beat Boston College before he even got hurt in the pre, you know, before the season started, I picked them to beat Boston College. Um, and what I saw the other night did not scare me at all. Um, I can't remember who they played, but you know, they won, uh, in an ugly game. And um, then Florida looks like, <laughs> you know, Dan Mullen looks like he's trying to get fired. Um, and lo- it looks like they've fired um, the defensive coordinator and offensive line coach. So that probably means he's going to be there for one more year. And that's a good thing for FSU. Um, I think, you know, you can kind of, you know, as a as a FSU coach, you could probably say, hey, Usually, you know, whenever you fire somebody, that gives you know that gives that coach one more year, and if um, things don't get turned around, eh, you know, he's probably not going to be there after that. And you already have the rumors that he doesn't, he doesn't want to be there anyway. Um, not to mention that um, <clears throat> you know they're struggling now with the recruits. Um, I can't see I can't see where they'll be able to gather any traction. Um, with the 2023 class, um, with what's going on now, unless they just, unless the coordinators he hires are just you new know, elite. But again, who's going to, who's going to go work for Dan Mullen with the circus that's going on now? Not to mention knowing that he may or may not be there, um, after, um, the 2022 season. So that'd be something to, um, keep an eye on if you were an FSU fan, but, you know, it's all about all, all about um, finishing up finishing up strong. Um, if FSU can beat Miami, um, you know that'll be four wins. I think that would give them momentum, just as it did um, after the Syracuse win. I think they go to Boston College. It's a twelve o'clock game, um, so at least it's not going to be you know f- freezing cold like a night game or anything like that. Uh, 12 o'clock game, um, crowd's going to be half sleep. Nobody will be there. Hopefully they'll go up there, take care of business. And then, hey, you never know, man. Florida Florida might continue to self-implode. Um, you know, their, their quarterbacks might keep dancing um, in the hotel and getting hurt. So, hey, you never know what can happen. Um, if they win against Miami and Boston College, mm, it, hey, it could get a little spooky. It could get a little spooky. Um, so, We'll see, but um, FSU absolutely needs a win against Miami. Um, we'll be talking more about the game um, and breaking everything down like we normally do on ChopChat.com, but um, just wanted to kind of put put some of those things out there as to why the better line is, is as close as, as it is. Um, now, FSU's D-line is, is going to be um, big in the game. Um, Jordan Travis um, – Playing is going to be big in the game. Um, Miami, Miami will give up points. Um, and it's all about um, FSU's coaches um, finding ways to um, f- 
find those holes in that defense. And um, they're usually pretty good at um, at doing doing that and game planning. Um, you know, whenever they have everybody healthy. Um, don't know if Dylan Gibbons will play, but if he does, you know, that'll be that'll be um, a positive um, for FSU. So just those are a couple of things to keep an eye on as we um, get you know go through the week and get closer to the game. Um, I saw that the total for the game um, was 59.5. Um, the last I looked, it's already jumped to 61. So betters are expecting a high-scoring game, but the spread main, you know, remains two and a half um, with Miami as favorite. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see if that changes as we get closer to the, to the game also. But, um, again, we appreciate your support. Um, make sure you check out chopchat.com for – all of the um, breakdowns of the game, you know, how we usually write um, keys, three keys to uh, victory, uh, things you should know about Miami, um, all types of things like that. Um, FSU basketball gets underway on Wednesday night. We'll have um, coverage of that also. Uh, make sure you um, like, subscribe, download, um, you know, give us five-star ratings on Apple if um, that's your your um uh, platform that you use um, we appreciate all the support and um, we look forward to um, talking to you guys soon and hopefully a big FSU win on Saturday afternoon go no thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.